Let me call your attention back to a portion of the text that was read for your hearing from the Old Testament. The Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6. We read for your hearing verses 1 through 7. I want to call your attention back to a portion of text. Let me start at verse number 5. Which says, verse number 5, it says, but as one was feeling a beam, another translation says swinging the axe, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he shewed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee, and he put it on his hand, and took it. I want to share with you, Union Wesley, I don't have a long message, a short message. I don't know if that has something to do with a couple of times preaching last week, but, but not a long one today, a short one. I want to talk with you this morning with this thought. I want it back. I want it back. Did you hear what I said to Union Wesley? I want it back. Would you say that with me? I want it back. Yeah, I, want it, I want it back. This is one of the least known miracles in the entire Bible. It's one of the least known miracles in all of the Holy Writ. There is no sickness and disease. There is no parting of the Red Sea. There is no fish and loaves of bread being multiplied. There is no, like last week, turning water into wine. There is no demonic exorcism. There is no turning the blind into seeing. And there is no lame being able to walk. Again, this is what I consider one of the least miracles or the least known miracles in all of the Bible. It is a miracle nonetheless. Many people may not name this miracle in the list of miracles. But it is a miracle nonetheless. It is the miracle of something that appears to be lost. It appears to be lost forever. But thanks be to God, what was lost is now found. Hear me, this is a miracle of God being a God of recovery. Did you hear what I said? It is a miracle of God being a God or the God of recovery. I ain't talking about alcoholism. 
all right though we could I'm not talking about drug addiction though we could talk about drug addiction I'm talking about God being a God of recovery anybody in here this morning know anything about God being a God of recovery has anybody ever recovered something by the power of Almighty God there was no way you should have been able to recover but thanks be to God you were able to recover anybody here who was sick but God allowed you to recover anybody here ever been unemployed but God allowed you to recover is there a spouse in the house that knows that your marriage was on its way to divorce but thanks be to God your marriage recovered God is a God of recovery don't ever believe that it's lost for good don't ever believe that that you'll never be able to find it you'll never be able to get it back hear me the God that you and I serve is a God of recovery and if ever you give up on something or someone I wonder if what we're doing in essence is that we're giving up on God because if you believe that God could raise Jesus from the dead if you believe that Jesus was dead for three days and God raised him up on the third day then listen you can't make me believe that the God that I serve is not able to resurrect dead situations and dead people if he can raise Jesus then he can raise anything that appears to be dead somebody ought to say I know that's right the school of the prophets of Elisha has a problem that is brought to the man of God they said to Elisha listen to what they say Union Wesley they say we have gotten so big under your leadership that the place where we are has gotten too small for us what a wonderful problem to have to get to a place that's too small because you have gotten too big oh that's a wonderful problem where we are is gotten too small too puny because God has allowed us to get too big for where we are for what we want to do it's too small when you consider the vision and what God has in store for your life where you are is not big enough are you listening to me Union Wesley we can't stay in lesser if God has greater in store for us listen you and I would be crazy if God says I got so much more for you but you and I have the audacity to say God we don't want all of this we want you to keep us small keep us scrawny and keep us at a puny size hear me you and I must understand that with God sometimes the place in your life 
has become too small for where you are. It's become too small for what God wants to do in your life and where God wants to take you. Hear me, your environment can become too small. Hear me somebody, your circle of friends can become too small. It's a dangerous thing if you're the smartest one, the sharpest one in your circle of friends. It's a sad thing if you're the smartest in the bunch. Listen, I got to get around some people that know more than I know. I got to be around some people that have done more than I've been able to do because they will stretch me to where God is trying to take me. Have you ever reached a point where you said, I want something more, want something bigger? Have you ever had to wrestle with the spirit of being mediocre? Did you hear what I said? I said being mediocre, being average, being normal, being just like everybody else. Can I help you right here? God does not want us to be mediocre. God does not want us just to be average. God does not want us to be like any yokel local. God wants us to be better than mediocre. Better than average. Better than just ordinary. Normal like everybody else. You and I need to get to the point where we don't want to underestimate the largeness of the greatness that God says is inside of you. The Bible declares greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is greatness inside of you. There is greatness inside of me. You are too big for some things. You don't have to say amen right there. I'm going to say it again. You are too big for some things. Let's add this. You're too big for some people. You're too big for some things and you're too big for some people. Listen, you're too big to be arguing, excuse the word, to be arguing with some idiot. You're too big to be arguing with some idiot. You're too big to be wasting your time with people that refuse to think in a greater or think in a larger capacity. You're too big to be around a circle of friends that don't want to do nothing more than what they've always done. Union Wesley, you as a church, you're too big to stay where you are. You're too big to continue to do what you've always done. Don't you understand that God has greater in store for the Union Wesley Emmy Zion Church? Are you listening to me? Is the money you make big enough to finance God's vision for your life? If your answer is no, then the question is, what are you going to do about it? 
What are you going to do about it? Listen, are you going to dummy yourself down to fit in some small puny image? Or are you and I going to allow God to stretch us and cause us to rise higher so that we might achieve the greatness that God says is inside of us? They said to Elisha, where we are, it's too small. It's not big enough for us. Can I, can I give you a nugget right here, Union Wesley? When you have an interest, it must be followed up with an action. Got to say it again. When you and I have an interest, it must be followed up with an action. When you have an interest, there must be some actions that follow your interests. They had an interest in expanding the vision. Listen to what they said. Let us go into Jordan and let every man pick up a log from there. And let us make a bigger space. You can't just have an interest without following up or following through. We must have some actions to go along with what we say we have interest in. As a matter of fact, follow through on what we say we have interest is evidence that you really are interested. What are you saying? Well, if you say you've got interest in this or that, but you ain't got no actions. I question whether you really are interested in the first place because anybody can say they're interested but listen what really matters is what say your actions about what it is that you say you say you say you got interest in but you ain't got no Actions. See, sometimes we don't want to follow up and we don't want to have no actions, but we got a whole lot to say. A whole lot of people talk a whole lot of smack, but they ain't got no actions or some follow through on what they say they're interested in. Hear me, Union of Wesley, if you ain't got no action, then maybe you ought to keep your mouth shut because this is a season for follow through it's a season for action and somebody said that actions speak louder amen speak louder than words we must do something about the problem that we are having we must show some follow through and some action we must be willing to follow through they did not ask Elisha to pray it into existence. They did not ask Elisha. Elisha why don't, why don't you take some of that oil. And anoint us. And if you anoint us with oil. If you just slap some oil upside our head. We'll fall out. And presto it will come into fruition or reality. No God didn't work like that. Listen, yeah, we ought to pray. And ain't nothing wrong with being anointed with all. I've been anointed with all before. 
And the Bible talks about the oil running down the beard of Aaron. Ain't nothing wrong with being anointed with oil. But just don't confuse being anointed with oil to mean you ain't got to do nothing. Please don't confuse being anointed with oil that you and I can sit down and do nothing. All I'm trying to tell somebody is oil ain't going to make it happen. Running around the sanctuary ain't going to make it happen. Speaking in glossalia and speaking in tongues ain't going to make it happen. Hear me, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because we demonstrated some actions and some follow through. Did you hear me? It ain't just going to happen because we gotten spiritual. No, you got to have some action. And you and I got to have follow through. To raise the level of your productivity or to raise the level of your action requires taking on, hear this somebody, requires taking on individual responsibility. Yeah, got to have some action, got to have some follow through, but it, it requires taking on individual responsibility to raise the level of my productivity in my life requires me to take on more responsibility to make it happen. Are you with me? Ain't nobody going to do it for you. Ain't nobody going to do all the work. Doesn't matter what your family name is. Doesn't matter if you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you got faith the size of a mustard seed. The Bible says faith without works is dead. You and I must take on individual responsibility to make some things happen. God is looking for people that will take on individual responsibility can I tell you you can tell your level of productivity based on how responsible you are did you hear me you can tell your productivity based on how responsible you are we don't like that word being responsible we don't like anybody holding us accountable to what we said we were going to do. We don't like responsibility. When somebody said, well, uh, you said you were going to do this. Did you do it? Uh, no, um, I, listen. If you're looking for an excuse, any excuse will do. This is not the season for excuses but this is the season for you and I to be grown mature believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that understands if something is going to happen it's going to take individual responsibility they decided to do something God is looking for people that will take action God is looking for people whose actions speak louder than their words. God is looking for people 
who don't mind taking on individual responsibility I knew I wasn't gonna get too many amens under this piece about individual responsibility because we like somebody else carrying it somebody else doing it but understand all of us have something that we should be responsible for the problem is that we many times lack individual responsibility in the text they make a choice to fix the problem they see they did not wait on Elisha they decided they would put some action into changing things are you listening to me Union Wesley if you don't like something that you see hear me somebody if if you don't like something that you see why don't you try to do something to fix it listen if if you see something that's that's broke why don't you try to do something to fix it or to resolve the situation do more than just talk about the problem do something to try to fix the problem is getting quiet in here that's all right when, when you have an interest you must be willing to take on individual responsibility well well why ain't so-and-so doing it and why ain't they doing that listen you see it why don't you offer yourself to do something to try to fix what needs to be fixed I, I'll leave it alone Union Wesley but, but some of us don't do more because we've been tricked into believing that, that God is going to do it all or somebody else is going to do it all the devil is a liar there's so much work that needs to be done in the kingdom of God that if you do your part somebody else does their part somebody else does their part I'm here to tell you the work will get done what needs to be fixed will get fixed because we take on individual responsibility somebody say amen the text teaches us that God expects some action on our part if we really are interested the text says they they saw trees and and they said we are going to get some axes and we're going to cut some trees down so that we can build what it is that we need we're going to cut down some trees we're going to build what we need they don't wait on the Republicans or the Democrats the Tea Party the independents they don't wait on somebody else to come into power to be in the White House so that they can get it done they don't wait for some grant to be approved before they do what needs to be done they're not waiting around on some philanthropic gift or offering to be given to them to get it done they said no we're gonna cut some trees down and we're going to build what it is that we need all I'm trying to tell somebody is this is not the season to wait for somebody else 
This is the season to start cutting some trees down so that we can build what God wants us to build. This is your cutting tree down season so that you and I can build what it is that we need. When is the last time you built something? When's the last time you built something that was needed? Come on, don't sit there and be quiet. When, when is the last time your generation, this generation, has built something that is needed? Hear me somebody, generations before us built more with less. Less money, less education, less when it comes to job, less school, less degrees, but they built more present generation they built schools and colleges they built hospitals and you and I are living witnesses that they built churches what have we built lately what is it that you and I are bequeathing to the next generation you and I should feel a sense of conviction because much of what has been bequeathed to us we're not even doing an adequate job taking care of it. We can do better than what we're doing right now. The Union Wesley, that's all right. We can do better. We have so much more than what mama and grandma and big mama had. And to whom much is given. Much is required. They cut down trees for themselves. You and I will never get to, to that great place the Lord has in store for us without cutting down some trees. We'll never get there without cutting down some trees. You and I will never get to greater without cutting down some trees. Now hear me, I'm not talking about right now literally going outside Raina and cutting down some trees. Uh-uh. But hear me, you and I must cut down some trees. Preacher, what are you talking about? It's time to cut down some relationships. It's time to cut down some people who are always negative and always telling us what we cannot do. It's time to cut down on all this free time it's time to cut down on all of this TV time it's time to cut down on all this Facebook snapchat Instagram and Twitter time it's time to cut down on all this telephone talking time it's time to cut down some trees so that you and I might build what it is that God would have us to build. The text says they were cutting down trees when the axe head was lost. It's the text, y'all. Uh, they, were, they were just swinging the axe when they lost the axe head. Just swinging. And they lost the axe head. I said they were just swinging. They were just going through the routine, swinging 
when the axe head was lost. Hear me somebody. You can be so busy with the routine of life. Just swinging one day. Swinging the next day. Swinging the next day. When all of a sudden you lose your edge. Did you hear me? You lose your zeal. You lose your passion. You lose your passion for God. You lose your passion for your husband or your passion for your wife. Just swinging and you lose your passion for ministry in the church of Jesus Christ. Hear me, you ain't excited anymore about what you're doing for the Lord. Listen, you're still doing the job. Still in the marriage. Still doing the ministry. But if you're honest with yourself, you don't have the passion that you used to have. You don't have the zeal that you used to have. You don't have the joy that you used to have. Hear me somebody, just because you're in something, just because you're doing something, doesn't mean you got excitement. Doesn't mean that you got passion. Doesn't mean that you got zeal and you got joy. If we tell the truth today, most people are in something that they no longer have excitement for. Most people are still doing something that they ain't got passion for anymore. Listen, you can be in church every Sunday and you lost your edge. You can come every Sunday and you've lost your passion. You've lost your zeal. So hear me. Just because I'm in it doesn't mean I've got passion for it. Just because I'm engrossed in it does not mean I've got zeal to do it. Hear me somebody. This is the season that you must have zeal. This is the season. You gotta have passion to do what you do in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord doesn't want us just going through the motion without energy, without gusto, and without passion. Hear me somebody, I pray you're listening to me. Uh, I've been preaching a long time, some 24 years, one of the things I've learned is that when people stop saying amen, it's because they listening to what you got to say. And so that's all right that you take a pause with amen. Because I pray that you're listening to what the Lord is saying through this word today. He doesn't want us just in it. Going through the ritual and going through the routine day in and day out. God wants us to have passion for what we do. If you're married, God wants you to have passion. Amen, somebody? Listen, I'm not saying every day of your life you feel like the hair on the back of your head is standing up. Listen, I know, I know it gets rough and it gets difficult sometimes, but if I look back over the past years of my life, my good days ought to outweigh my bad days. 
And the same thing is true when it comes to ministry in the church of Jesus Christ. God wants us to have passion for what we do for him. I'm done. But the text said, Elisha said, where did you lose it? And the Bible declares that he took a stick and stuck it in the water. And the Bible says that that iron axe head started floating. And it floated to the stick. What a miracle. Listen, God can do anything. You hear me? I don't care how dead it looks. I don't care how bad it might seem. God is a miracle. Work in God. Listen, you better not stick a fork in it. Because it ain't done until God says it's done. Listen, she hadn't started singing yet. God is able to resurrect whatever he wants to resurrect. God is able to fix whatever God says he's going to fix. God is a miracle working God. I want it back. Amen.